Welcome back into the basement, Draft Craft friends. We are hanging out on a beautiful sunny day in Michigan, which we actually can have those now that we're into June, which is kind of crazy in its own right. But one of the great things about getting to June means that it's JP's birthday coming up. Yeah, buddy. Here we go. Coming up, uh, what, next Friday? Next Friday, right? Jeez, I don't even know my own day. All I know is I'm going to be in the middle of the woods where nobody can bother me. (laughs) Which, by the way, is a heads up, everybody. We may only be doing like one show next week, maybe, because, I mean, I I can't get JP like a satellite uplink, something like that to try to talk about uh, football and beer while he's going to be trying some beer and thinking about football. So we will keep you guys posted on that. And then later on in the show, JP is going to share his, uh, his little birthday wish list six packs. So if any of you know where some of these beers are, you can, uh, can let him know how to find those, but we're starting out today because we were talking about where we want to go next with, uh, with talking about the NFL and players and, uh, rookie mini camps have been going on and OTAs are just getting started. So we kind of want to let those all get done. We want to let the OTAs finish. We want to let players get to a point where we've got some stuff to talk about on how guys are looking and the PR spin that teams are doing on why this guy looks amazing this year and all that jazz. Uh, but before that, you came up with a great idea yesterday, JP, we were talking. We got to talk about some teams because we just did our draft last week, last show where we talked about which teams we're going to you know, talk about going forward uh, and the ones that we got stuck with in some cases. And we're thinking about who are our favorite players from those teams. So I think we should need to do that today. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great time. We're sticking with the Sixer theme, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, let's let's do that. We're going to talk about our six favorite players from each of the teams that we got stuck with. And we'll do um, we'll do the AFC this time and we'll hit up the NFC next week. And I think by next week uh, you were talking about OTAs should all be done for everybody. And then we can get into it from there. So favorite players, not greatest players, correct? Because that is tremendously different we're i mean there needs to be some level of credibility to the player it can't just be i liked this guy because he had a sense of humor and played three games and was gone you know i mean there has to be some level of someone can look at this guy and say yeah he was a good player as well as someone that you really enjoyed that's kind of my caveat to this okay can you handle that i can handle that okay i think we should start like we've started each of the last couple times uh with the east or with the north with the north of the east started with the north didn't we we did we did start with the north Okay, so we'll start with the north because the points of a compass go north, south, east, and west. So if we go from there, the AFC North, you've got two teams there. I do have two teams there. Start us off with the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think that's going to be the hardest one for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but not because there's, you know, man, it's not even my favorite team in the division, but I found out mm-hmm. I really, really like a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, <laughs> I believe you. Number one favorite Pittsburgh Steeler, Jack Lambert. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, whew. Just he's just you see those clips. So, you know, obviously I wasn't alive to see him play, but right. I watched a lot of highlights of this guy. And he probably would have been arguably my favorite player in the league, man. <laughs> just see him back there in the linebacker stance, no teeth, blood coming out of the beard. Right. Crazy man. Love him. Number two, Rod Woodson, one of my all-time favorite DBs. Right. Uh, number three, mean Joe Green. And again, just sad guys. because a lot of these players are just because I watched highlights of them. I wasn't alive to mm-hmm. watch them. So you know, one of the stories of me and Joe going back to in the day for him, he almost left the Steelers like he was ready to leave the team like his second or third season because things weren't going in the right direction. They weren't winning games. He was frustrated. He literally got in a car and drove to the airport. And one of the assistant coaches came and said, hey, how about you don't leave yet, bud? We're we're, going to get this right. He didn't kind of need you. Yeah. And then uh, Steel Curtain became a thing. Yep. Uh, Jack Ham, sticking with that, uh, is number four. So basically, 
the 70s Steelers were your favorite? Well, they had, well, yeah, three of them made it. Rod <laughs> Woodson wasn't there, but, you know, moving to number five, I'm getting more modern. This, uh, you know, I got two linebackers that made this Pittsburgh list, but this is a guy that I make constant jokes of. He, like, plays the wide receiver position like he's a linebacker or something. It's crazy, <laughs> but Heinz Ward, mm-hmm. I love the way this guy blocks. You know how many, like, crackback, like, pancake blocks I've seen this guy get? Absolutely right. love him. One of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the final spot in the six pack, you know, part of me just wanted to say Lamar Woodley just to get a, <laughs> uh, a Michigan player in there, if you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, in a roundabout way, in a roundabout way, this uh, six spot would be a Michigan player ish because I think he's from <laughs> Detroit, Michigan. Jerome Bettis. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. You the can't tell me Detroit that he way. was not fun to watch. And there's oh, a lot geez. of great guys that missed this list. And again, this will be the last time I say this. This is not the greatest six. These are just my favorite. Right. And Jerome Bennis was basically a linebacker playing running back. You see the style of players that I <laughs> tend to gravitate towards. Yeah. I mean, the guy was called the bus for a reason. He basically had the acceleration of a bus, but he also had the durability and and smashing power of a bus. And that guy, obviously, he won his title uh, with the Steelers in Detroit when they beat the Seahawks in somewhat dubious fashion. But hey. A W is a W, and you take him every time you can get him. And I agree with uh, pretty much everybody on that list. I mean, those 70s Steelers were awesome, and uh, you can't argue how great Rod Woodson was. So I have yeah, people probably would have been like Lynn Swan, Franco Harris. I mean, like I say, there's a lot of guys. We don't get to know that. But yeah, oh. you go ahead. You take a team. You can't do you can't do just six players on a team with that kind of a pedigree. You really can't do six players for any of these teams. We're just starting with this, and we'll go from there. And then you guys can yell at us if you don't like some of the ones we've got. So I've got a weird combo of players when it comes to the two teams that I have in the AFC North because I've got two teams that at one point were in the same city or overlap their histories with the Browns and the Ravens. So I'm going to take the younger team first and the Baltimore Ravens. I'm only doing players since they came to Baltimore. So in the middle of the 90s, Mm. late 90s, since they came to Baltimore. So they've got a a younger history to work with because I'm going to have the other guys with Cleveland Browns and I'm going to have the Indianapolis Colts players along with the Baltimore Colts players, because that's that franchise because it's dumb. Like we talked about last time, it's really annoying to see uh, all of that stuff and how players moved around. I really was hoping you wouldn't say Rod Woodson. So I could say him for the, the, uh, the Ravens, but he's, I mean, it's your list. He's definitely, he's more of a stealer. I can't, I can't go in there and, and pull him from that. So uh, I'd say number, and again, these are these are all numbers, so subject to change, right? But number one for me is the same as you, it's Jonathan Ogden. That man, not only was he mm-hmm. uh, the first Raven to be uh, selected to the Hall of Fame, he was also the first draft pick and had one of the greatest throws of modern history. You know, just the way that thing just popped out with the helmet. And so he was just so good for so long. Uh, I'd probably say number two for me is Ed Reed. I think he uh, is such a, a lockdown guy in the back half of that secondary kind of ran Baltimore's defense on the back half and had, you know, I think, yeah, looking at his stats, cause I was trying to justify all of my picks. It's like, he's, you know, he's the NFL's all-time leader in interception return yardage. He's got the most yards of any guy who's picked off passes, not necessarily the most interceptions, but I guess it's one of the nice things about being a safety is you catch the ball in the middle of the field. You can run around a bit, <laughs> but uh, I'd say number three he's for me, monster. He was. He was all over the place all the time. Number three for me, Jamal Lewis, running back. Absolutely uh, loved what he did and how he moved all over the field. If he didn't get hurt, he probably would have been even better for even longer. Uh, Four is a guy that you may not enjoy as much, but I still thought he was a great guy for a decade and change was uh, was Terrell Suggs. As, As an outside linebacker, as a rush guy, he just had that sort of gritty, 
attitude that really fit Baltimore and the players and, and who they are and who they were. And another guy that's in the linebacker category for number five for me is Peter Bulware. Another guy that's had a shorter career, but absolutely just dominated every time he was out there. And I remember him from his days at Florida State doing damage. And then number six is Ray Lewis. I'm kidding. It's not Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis is probably arguably one of the best players that have come out of the Ravens, but you and I are just not fans of him. <laughs> so, nope. I'm going to go the tight end route. Come on, get my guy. Todd Heap. Oh, boo, go ahead. No, you missed my third favorite Raven. Oh, who's your third favorite Raven? Haloti. Oh, yeah. Haloti Nada was like seventh on my list. So he was right there. And I couldn't figure out a way to get Tony Saragusa. And even though he's hilarious, he's also not a, he was not a great player. But Todd Heap, the tight end, is number six for me, even though Nada's probably seven. And you could make a case that he'd be, he'd be top six for a lot of people. But Baltimore, even though they have a relatively young history, has had some pretty colorful players. Who's next for you in the That's Bengals? Thank you that. The Bengals, the first two, this was a hard one. You know, it's kind of strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe it has like, okay, Bengals are my favorite team in the AFC mm-hmm. North, yet I'm struggling to get six favorite players. That's a <laughs> sure. I'm starting to have a little empathy for the Bengals, I guess. I understand their pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number one was easy Anthony Munoz. I don't sure. think we need to go into that. No. Uh, number two was fairly easy, just from, uh, you know, the highlight times when I was, I saw mm-hmm. him a little bit when I was younger, I believe, but Ken Riley, DB. Okay. Uh, number three was painful to say, but because <laughs> you, know, you know how there's those players that you're like, man, like most people probably find this guy really, really annoying. But for some reason, <laughs> I just couldn't, I could not help but like this guy. I don't know if mm-hmm. we want to call him Chad Johnson or if we want to call him Ocho Cinco, but he's number three. <laughs> On my yeah. list, I was such a fan, I, and I mm-hmm. it pained me to say it. I hated that I was a fan of him, but I am. <laughs> uh, number four, AJ Green mm-hmm. got a little bit of a run on wide receivers here, sure. Uh, and then I really this is the point where I really struggled, okay? So I'm projecting a little bit, mm-hmm. but five, I'm gonna go ahead and throw Joe Burrow in there. I mean, the guy already Ooh, took him right. to a Super Bowl, right? He took him to a Super Bowl already, in the second I mean, season. correct? So I'm projecting a little bit there. Sure. And then for six, you know, I could just stick with my theme and go a Michigan play. I could throw a Leon Hall in here. <laughs> there you go. I may have to do that. You know what? I may have to come up with a Michigan guy for every six. <laughs> but let's be honest. Uh, I'm going to project again. I'm going to say Jamar Chase. I'm going to go with the duo oh, there. Yeah. So the Bengals, apparently, I'm going to have three wide receivers in my favorite six. But pretty crazy. I'm not kidding you. I was struggling. So if you got mm-hmm. another name that pops in your mind. Well, if, if you were going to grab Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Whew. So if you're going to grab Michigan. Uh, TJ Husmanzada was close. Hoosh was great. Right. Yeah. Throw uh, throw Dax Hill in there, right? <laughs> that's a lot of projections. That's a lot of projections. I don't hate it. I don't well, no, that's it. the thing. That's why. That's why because I wasn't because of projections is why I didn't put uh, Lamar Jackson on the the Ravens squad because I still want to see more from him before I put him on that list. But I do like that guy, even though you are less of a fan. Jumping over to the other team in Ohio and the Cleveland Browns, the the once and the former and future Browns, if you will, because they had that little period there where they didn't have a team because Art Modell was a jerk uh, and the city didn't want to play ball with him. I, you got to go back in the day for the best player in Browns history. It's Jim Brown. Now, they weren't named after him, but he's the guy. I mean, pretty much. Maybe they the, should have been, though. Right. One of the greatest running backs to ever play the game. You can say the greatest. I wouldn't argue that necessarily, but he was just absolutely spectacular. Because the other thing you got to remember is when Brown was playing, running backs were the focus of an offense. So he was getting a defense's attention every single game. 
not that Barry Sanders didn't as well with the Lions, but like there, there wasn't a whole lot of other options. And so Jim Brown just absolutely crushed it for, for the entire time that he was in the NFL. Uh, my second- you, know, you know, real quick, you know, one of my favorite statistics or facts, if you will, about Jim Brown is depending on where you look and which years he was listed as a fullback. There you go. <laughs> you know my fullback love. Which yeah, yeah. And again, that, was... that we did not do our fullback episode. Well, we may we may have to touch on fullbacks and kickers and punters at some point, but that'll be like a little five minute okay. segment. Sorry, guys. Don't worry. You're still going to get paid if you get to the league. Uh, but number two for me is Otto Graham. So I'm really going old school with the uh, almost the AAFC uh, level of uh, the Browns, which again the, the All American Football Conference, which was before they joined the NFL. Uh, back in the day of all the startup leagues that were trying to compete with him. And this guy played from 1946 to 1955. So just to give you an idea of where he was at, the fact that the man played as well as he did at the quarterback's position when that wasn't as big of a deal, when fullbacks could be lead you know, running backs in a backfield, Otto Graham is just, he's a special man. And then I'd say number three for me is uh, going a lot more recent and Joe Thomas. For a decade, that boy locked it down hmm. for the, the Browns on Monster. the left side. Yeah, and I know you're you're a big fan of him too. So uh, I'd have to throw number four as Ozzie Newsom, which I mean the dude was the Wizard of Oz. He was one of the best tight ends uh, in the game, especially in a time period from '78 to '90 when there were fewer tight ends that were as big of a deal as they are now, where they're some of them are glorified wide receivers, you know. But uh, big fan of Ozzie Newsom for there, and then he's also a solid executive uh, when he was trying to. Uh, do stuff for the Browns. And then he left to go with, you know, the, the Ravens. We're going to leave that piece out of it to not upset any of our Cleveland people who are still you know, smarting from that. Uh, and then I would say for me, number five is, is Lou Groza, not just a kicker, even though the kicker awards named after him, he's also an offensive lineman for 21 seasons. Now he didn't play offensive line the entire time, but still the dude played for a long time as a kicker and as an O line. And, uh, it's basically he always thought of himself as a tackle. Like he did the kicking because he could, not because he was actually something that he was, you know, passionate about in the same way that uh, guys are now. And then number six for me, Clay Matthews, not the dude with the long hair who played for the Packers, but his dad, I believe it was his dad, uncle, dad, uncle, dad, dad. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah it's dad. Uncle was coming up on my next list. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So dad played uh, linebacker for the Browns and played it so incredibly well. He was a four time pro bowler and just, did did work all over the place. He was all over the field. He was one. He wasn't completely a hybrid guy out there covering and playing uh, the run, but he was he was one of the first linebackers that I remember in my time that could just get anywhere and was always around the ball. Big fan of him. So sad times. You left out two guys that would have made my list. No, oh, all right, go ahead. Well, you know my current uh, love for Miles Garrett. Right, that's my guy. But uh, Mary Motley probably would have made my list. And okay, I, hey, you know what? Granted, it was a short career. Sticking mm-hmm. with my Michigan theme, Braylon Edwards is my guy. <laughs> yeah, I know you love Braylon, but Braylon Whoops. wasn't that great in the NFL. Amazing college career. Blasphemy. <laughs> All, All right. right. Moving on to the AFC South. We'll go with Tennessee first because it's a little segue right into Uncle Matthews. Bruce Matthews coming sure. in at the number one spot. You know I love that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Played every single spot on the O-line. Right. I made a Pro Bowl at every single spot on the line. Mm-hmm. monster dominant uh and how do you not love earl campbell right shoulder pads Just, giant it, thighs he, giant i know for some reason like it's it'd be either be him or warren moon which is number three on my list so okay. i'll just go there but 
when you think those old like fantastic powder blue with the red mm-hmm. and white like oiler uniforms how do you not just automatically vision number one or number 34 right just on the jersey yep. like that's just them mm-hmm. uh number four on the list this is painful to say <laughs> but i yeah. was such a huge fan of this guy it's kind it kind of reminds me of the ocho cinco yeah it's like every bone in my body did not want to like this guy but i did <laughs> He's a Heisman Trophy winner from, you know, Ohio State University. Uh-huh. Eddie George. Yeah. Couldn't help it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love him. Probably my favorite Buckeye of all time. Understandable. Eddie, Eddie George was just an absolute force of nature, which was really irritating as a Michigan fan. <laughs> Dude, he was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, uh, Ken Houston, another DB. Okay. Fantastic career. It often gets overlooked or not even right. mentioned. Yeah, people just don't even mention Mr. Houston. No. And it's kind of funny that, you know, Tennessee slash Houston Oilers. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the Jim Brown, Cleveland Browns. Sorry. Right. Bad joke. <laughs> uh, number six, you know, ooh, maybe I messed this up because I Uh-oh. could stick with the Michigan theme here and say my boy Taylor Lewan, but I didn't. <laughs> Tech, Techno Super Bowl, one of my all-time favorite players to play with on there, Ernest Givens. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and they had Haywood Jeffries and Duncan Hill. Man, I love that game. <laughs> no, Ernest Givens is my guy. He's mm-hmm. coming to the sixth spot. All right. Well, there's one more out of that. Taylor Lewan would might make that list someday. Okay. And again, that was another weird team to do because it's kind of similar with you because you right. know, like you had Houston, which is Tennessee, but once the Houston Texans came in, now those players no longer so like like a JJ Watt doesn't count. You no. know what I mean? No, but also so. yeah. So like and yeah, JJ Watt is definitely just the Texans. Same thing when we get there. Actually, we'll do the Texans next. Uh, they are only players that have been there since the Houston Texans got going, which is a is a young history. So I'm going to do my best to try to make this list sound good. But before I jump to them, one last note, Tennessee. I was a huge fan of Steve McNair when he was around. Oh, I was a massive fan. It, it, Steve McNair, Frank Wycheck, mm-hmm. dude, that whole team. Right. The whole team. Yeah. Yeah. One yard short of a, of a, of a Super Bowl. Keith, win. Keith Bullock, Keith Bullock, yeah, linebacker mm-hmm. too. Love that guy. Right. Well, let's jump back down to Houston, who's another city that had a team get taken away from them and then eventually, you know, managed to convince the NFL they should get another one. And my number one player for them, and I think he's number one for you too, as much as we both love JJ Watt, it's got to be Andre Johnson. Yeah, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, put it this way they're like a complete tie. Oh, yeah, me. it's one and one. Like, so this is like, yeah, it'd be like like one A and one B, but let's be honest. If we're talking like the greatest, I don't think JJ's re- plus Andre played his whole career there. Yeah, Andre right. had to go above him. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I don't necessarily begrudge JJ for wanting to get out of the mess of the franchise the Texans have become right now. But Andre Johnson, a wide receiver, is number one. JJ Watts, number two. I'm just making that distinction, uh, not by much. Let's be honest. The, you're splitting hairs between the, those two guys and how amazing they were for the team, and also their personalities. Totally different, but totally both uh, absolutely awesome guys. I mean, Andre Johnson was probably one of the quieter wide receivers out there, which is saying something because wide receivers generally tend to be, you know, like Ocho Cinco, right? So I really appreciated the way that he just did his job and had uh, had a really, you know, calm demeanor, but still the confidence in himself. J.J. Watt, definitely the more boisterous uh, linebacker slash defensive end slash tight end when they needed him to be. Uh, and so, yeah, got to love him and, the, and everything that he did. Uh, number three is another guy who got out of that situation is DeAndre Hopkins. Absolutely love Hop and the way that he played for the longest time. Now, of course, he's a Cardinal, but I'm still counting him as a Texan for 
what he did in the time that he was there. I mean, that guy absolutely was, and it still is almost impossible to cover out there. Always been a big fan of him. Uh, number four for me is probably going to be Dwayne Brown, who was one of the, the great linemen that they had there and had about a decade of playing. Uh, and he was pretty much the left tackle for the entire time he was there. And the dude just locked it down. He's another great lineman who definitely you know, took care of business his entire time. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say throw Mario Williams in there at number five. Williams was a defensive end for a while with them and a guy that uh, they rightfully picked ahead of Reggie Bush. That worked out for him. <laughs> and then uh, number six for me is Arian Foster, the running back that basically sank or carried a bunch of fantasy teams in the early part of the 2010s as just a running back who, when he was healthy, could just go anywhere and do anything. He was an absolute force for those few years that he was tearing things up. And you continue your streak of breaking my heart. You forgot one of my all-time favorite <laughs> Houston Texans. Okay. D'Amico Ryans. My linebacker loved D'Amico Ryans. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I thought you were going to say Brian Cushing, but I figured one of the linebackers you would uh, oppose. Cushing, that. like I said, man, Cushing was phenomenal, but it was just like a very short window because the injuries right. took him out. But, man, he came in right out of USC on fire. Right. But, and, no, yeah, D'Amico Ryans. Ryans I'm a fan of him, too. Don't get me wrong. You just have a little more love for linebackers. I like to spread it around. Apparently, but surprisingly, <laughs> this team, my next team, didn't have a single linebacker make the list. Yet. Shoot. Yet. Yet. Jacksonville Jaguars, for me. Wait, Chad Moomer uh, didn't make your list? I, if we project, again, <laughs> he will make my list. Uh, so, number one, Tony Bosselli. Of course. You know my love for him until this current year, right? Yeah, this current year, he was my favorite player, not in the NFL Hall of Fame, which mm -hmm. we might have to do a, some sort of list like that someday. <laughs> well, we can definitely do that one. We've been talking about that for years. But, right. Uh, number two, you know I got a soft spot on this because I don't think anyone ever owned this guy in our fantasy football league other than myself. <laughs> MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew. <laughs> you were a huge fan of him. God, such Mojo, a big fan. Joe, Joe, getting the job done. Yep. I'm going to go on a little bit of a wide receiver run here. It was tough for me to figure out which one I actually liked better, but okay. I went and gave Jimmy Smith a nod over Keenan McCardo, but they okay. both come in at three and four. Mm -hmm. uh, five, it was hard for me not to pick Mark Brunel. Okay. He's not one of my like favorite all-time quarterbacks by any means, but I just mm -hmm. remembered like when Jacksonville and Carolina came in together, it was like, ooh, there's like first expansion teams of our lifetime, right. my lifetime. Um. And I was like, man, which one am I going to root for? And I don't know. I just I gravitated towards the Jaguars. So I just sure. spent a lot of time rooting for him. I don't, I don't know. Just spot that. Yeah, Mark Brunel is one of those guys you can just appreciate as a quarterback. And he was never necessarily the most talented guy out there. He wasn't necessarily going to be somebody who wowed you with what he did on the field. But he won games. And he seemed like a good dude to have in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, I was a big fan. Plus, he's a QB coach right now. And he's... he's, he's... <laughs> Doing some work for us. Right. Uh, number six, I threw in Fred Taylor there. But if I want to stick with naming a, a Michigan player here, I could have snuck in Denard Robinson. Right. Oh, man. I um, really wish shoes would have panned out. Right. Or laces, rather. Right. Sorry. And the sad thing is, yes, the, the thing is, is, man, they didn't really have – I couldn't think of any but the other night on the spot for Michigan that played for him that really did anything. So it's a bit of a stretch with Denard. Right. But, hey, it mm -hmm. is what it is. But that's my six. Fred Taylor came in at yeah. six. Fragile right. Fred's what I used to call him. Man, that guy got hurt all the time. Yeah, oh, but he was so he good still when he was somehow hurt. put up stats. I yeah. know. 
he's so good when he wasn't hurt and uh, and that's the thing when you when you look at different teams and players and things like that throughout the course of the history of the nfl there's so many guys you said what if they didn't get hurt what if this what if that i mean detroit took you know job at best and hoping that he would not get hurt and all he did was get hurt <laughs> but when he did play electric guy too, too early in the episode to get me fired up man <laughs> are you kidding me we're halfway through and uh, that takes me to my last team in the NFC South, which apparently uh, Indianapolis is now part of the South. The way that the NFL does some of its structuring is a bit off. But so for the Indianapolis Colts slash Baltimore Colts, I'm going to be combining players and places. And my number one player is not a lot of people's number one player, but he's a bunch of the older crowds. Johnny Unitas was not the greatest Johnny quarterback. You. Yeah, not the greatest quarterback from a stat standpoint but one of the greatest quarterbacks from a standpoint of winning games and finding ways to win games and had the best flat top haircut you're ever going to find. Like that guy was, was from a different era and uh, was a three-time MVP, well, et cetera. I mean, everybody knows him. Speaking of era though, if you compare Johnny U's stats to the quarterbacks in his era, he was so much better right. than everyone else. And Peyton mm -hmm. Manning was phenomenal. Let's be honest. If we put him in the same era, Peyton Manning's better. I get it. Right. You know, the game has progressed. Mm -hmm. But all I'm saying is Peyton Manning stats were while they were among the best, they weren't like so far ahead of everyone else. Like Johnny, U was was it? Right. Like Johnny was like 20 years ahead of his time, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a result Crazy. of that, Baltimore had some really good teams. But number two for me <laughs> is Peyton Manning, because I mean, I know we both were bigger fans of Charles Woodson. I'm very happy with that, that worked out with the Heisman voting and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that I appreciate about Peyton, outside of the fact that he's just proven to be, you know, a very good competitor, great teammate, very cerebral with the game and everything, was the man has a surprising sense of humor for a dude that looks like he should be the most boring person in a room of accountants or whatever. But he's actually a funny guy, and I appreciate all the stuff that he's done from a commercial standpoint and everything after his career's gotten done. So Peyton, I got a soft spot for, not just because of what he did on the football field. I'm going to go back to the old school again and uh, grab for number three for me, uh, Raymond Berry. Loved that guy back in the day. Not that I watched him, but the, th the stories that I've heard and everything that they've uh, they've thrown out there. I mean, that guy uh, was one of the you talk about receivers that were ahead of his time. He was definitely a receiver that was ahead of his time. I mean, the dude's still third on the franchise list for receiving yards because he played there for 12 years. And Johnny Unitas was just slinging the ball toward him all the time. Uh, number four, and that's, put, and that's third on the list when you're counting. Uh, well, maybe these guys would be coming up. I don't know, but Marvin right. Harrison and Reggie Wayne. So, whew. right. Yeah. And I, I couldn't put both of them on the list because I just ran out of space because um, I'm going to put and uh, like Lenny Moore, too. Man, he was right. he was wide receiver then as well. Yeah, they had a lot of great ones. Uh, I got I got running back ish. <laughs> I got to put two other guys on the list ahead of the wide receivers, though. And that's one of those is Jeff Saturday the center that basically locked down that line for a decade plus in, uh, in Indianapolis and basically allowed Peyton Manning to do Peyton Manning things for a long time. Uh, and then also I loved Dwight Freeney, big fan of him and what mm. he did from the edge. And I mean, he's got the most sacks in history, but also just played with a motor and a, and a, a ruthlessness that I've always enjoyed. And then between the two wide receivers, I think I liked Reggie Wayne's personality more, but I got to give the nod to Marvin Harrison. I mean, that dude was just so good for so long. And for what everybody said, again, just an absolutely great person, which out of a wide receiver is sometimes hard to find. You know, it's crazy. 
That- this might be the first team where our list could have been like significantly different than one another. Okay. Who, who'd I miss for Just you? Just some names that pop out off the top of my head. The main two for me, two old school players, but yeah. Gino Marchetti. He's, he was next, and, basically. And John, and John Mackey. Okay. Those two definitely would have made my list, but, you know, there's some more current-ish players. I always had a soft <laughs> spot for Edger and James, and then, like, literally some – Edge was right there, too. And Bob Sanders as well in that yep. same era. He probably would have made my list. But two current players, you know, I got love for, but uh, Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard, man. Right. That It was really hard. Like, you talk about how, how hard the Bengals were for you to just find six to talk about that you really liked. The Colts, yeah. as much as I've never really been a Colts fan, like I, I respect them, whatever, sure, fine. But being there, they had little battles with the Patriots, so obviously I wasn't a huge fan of them during that time period. But there's Same. so many good players. They've got so we didn't many even good mention players. Jim Parker. Right, exactly. That's my point. You could you could make a twenty and a twenty two of Colts players, and people would be like, "Yeah, I guess I understand that." The Colts, <laughs> the Colts list remind me of kind of like when I went through the Pittsburgh Steelers list. It's like, man, right. we got a lot here. Yeah, All right, so are we on to the more. East? Yep, the Steelers are just one more titles. <laughs> okay, we're on to the East. Ooh, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna go to my, I'm gonna go to my, my second favorite team in the entire okay. NFL. I'm gonna go to the Patriots. I gotta talk about. We all know who number one is. Do okay. I even need to say it? Tommy, the goat. Mm-hmm. That's all you gotta say. Yeah. Number two, uh, arguably the. Well, he is, in my opinion, he's the probably he's got to be the greatest interior offensive line of all time. Mm-hmm. John Hanna. Okay. Yeah. Loved him back in the Patriots. One of the best guards I've ever seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. Uh, Number three for me, again, I keep referencing Tecmo Super Bowl, but one of my favorite players (laughs) to play with on defense, my boy Andre Tippett. Sure. Man, he was a sack machine on that Mm -hmm. game. Um, And then I can't help but get this guy in here. Absolutely loved the way he played. Loved Mm -hmm. watching him. My boy Julian Edelman. Okay. Yeah. Julian Edelman, fantastic player. Do anything you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five for me. I can't not have Gronk in here. Right, fair. So Gronk's got to make the list. Yep. And then, even though in a roundabout way, I've cheated by just mentioning a, a, a Michigan player for every team, which I already did. I started with Michigan <laughs> number one with Tommy, but I am going to cheat right. on the sixth spot here. I cannot determine who I like better between my boy Willie McGinnis and Wes Walker. And then at the sixth spot, if I wanted to okay. cheat, throwing another Michigan player, I got Ty Law. Oh man. Right. I thought you were gonna I go quit. tie law there with that one anyways. <clears throat> well, I'm gonna cheat and say all three are at six. <laughs> oh, there you go. You're up, an man. Pack. That's some so so Oops. not surprising. All right. Well, you know what? I'm gonna do a team that uh we just want to gloss over as much as we can in the, the New York Jets, uh the, the New York, New Jersey Jets. And my favorite player from them is Don Maynard, wide receiver back in the day. I mean, they retired his number there. He's a guy that I can appreciate from, from being part of the old school. Uh, another one, I mean, I'll put him on here. Joe Namath is still a guy that I think a lot of people got to appreciate just overall throughout the course of his, his time with them. Even though, again, another guy who didn't have great stats. Anytime you're the guy who basically tells people that you're going to win a game and then actually goes out and wins a game against a team you shouldn't be beating, you got to appreciate that. And the man wore fur coats and everything. I, I'm not a fan of him in his behavior since he's out of been out of the league. But when he was there, he was a lot of fun. Curtis Martin is probably number three for me. That's the only jet that I can think. Ah, there's two jets <laughs> that I can think of that would have made my list. Maybe three, but I'll, okay. I, I digress. Yeah. Curtis Martin, number three for me. And part of the reason why you liked him was because he's a Patriot for a while too, but Martin, but he was, was a monster. 
He's so good. He was. He was all over the place. They retired his number as well because he was that good at playing running back. Uh, number, what am I on, four now? Number four for me, Mark Gastineau, the, the, DT, the DE who was out there. I mean, this guy was so good for so long for the Jets in an era when the Jets were so bad for so long. <laughs> but he was a sack machine when he was out there playing for them. Uh, and then I'd have to say number five for me is another wide receiver. I liked Altoon. I was I liked the dude. He was just so good for so long as well. Again, and was one of the players that I could enjoy on the Jets when they were just they were terrible in the the eighties and nineties. And then number six, Darrell Revis. Revis Island, and the way that that man locked things down for as long as he did. And again, another guy who played for the Patriots for a bit. So that's probably why you know, we both appreciate him. But you couldn't throw the ball to that half of the field when he played on there in his prime with the Jets. It was just Revis Island. It wasn't going to be a completion. There you go. And I promise those aren't the reasons why those would be my two favorite Jets. The fact <laughs> that they also played for the Patriots. It actually mm -hmm. hurts me that that happened. But Curtis Martin and Revis would be my top two. Sure. But it does sadden me you didn't get my linebacker from the University of Michigan, David Harrison, there. Okay, well, I was actually, if I was going to go linebacker, I should go Mo Lewis, but. Oh, man, he just felt like he just punched me in the eye. <laughs> yeah, I, thought you picked, I thought you would have picked Wayne Corbett. Wayne Corbett was right there, too, because I really did appreciate it. Yeah, I did, too. Kevin Y, too, all linemen I like. Yep. So maybe I got three on my list. Oh, there you not go. quite as bad as I thought. Proud of you. That's quite as bad. <laughs> all right. Uh, Miami Dolphins, for me. Uh, number one, Dave Marino. It's pretty easy, right? Yeah. Slam dunk. Yeah, it's my dad's favorite player. So I it's also Dan Marino. A lot of Dan Marino. Right. Yes, it's also Dan Marino. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks mm -hmm. too. Uh, oof, number two on my list. Again, kind of like Jim Brown, although he was listed as a halfback and a fullback. Sometimes he was definitely more of a fullback. My boy mm -hmm. Larry Zonka. Oh yeah, he had the greatest mustache in the history of the NFL. Yeah, pretty much. That's I mean, I, yeah, that... it's either him or Buckus. Yeah, or not Buckus, the Ditka. Right. Well, Buckus has Buckus as well. Ditka. Yeah. Yeah, Dika or Zonka. We don't have to have a top six pack of mustaches. mustaches. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're coming up with a list for everything right now. All right. All right. Uh, number three, uh, absolutely. This could have been could have been my, like, I might even liked him more than, than Dan Marino, to be honest with you. Yep. His career wasn't cut a little bit too short. But Zach Thomas, absolutely love sure. this guy. And then uh, his partner in crime, if you will. Uh, at least that's the way I saw it because they just played on the same defense and absolutely killed it together mm -hmm. and they were always having a good time. But Jason Taylor. Right. Yep. And then for a period of time for number five, because Taylor's four, uh, this guy was on the same defense with them, uh, Sam Madison. Oh, okay. I know. And again, you know, these aren't the greatest Dolphins. These are my <laughs> favorites. These are the guys I watched. Sure. And then, you know what? I don't care if his career was a little short as well. And I know mm -hmm. I've been cheating ish and always putting a Michigan player on here, but I'm actually just going to leave this guy at okay. six. Cause the, he could Jake long. Oh, right. Yeah. He might've been like at one point in time when he came out, he was probably my top graded tackle coming out of college that I'd ever seen. Sure. It had nothing to do with him being from Michigan, literally from Michigan. This guy was from Lapeer. Mm -hmm. actually know people that went to school, high school with him, but right. He was just a monster, absolute monster and a mauler. And he came right out of, I don't know, yeah, he came right out of college and was right. dominating, but his career got cut short. Yeah, that's a shame. I'm surprised you put uh, Cameron Wake in there. We're not a fan of him. I, I am a huge fan. Like <laughs> you said, the Dolphins actually had a lot of players that I really, really, really liked. Right. I mean, it helped that you watched them as much as you did. I mean, like I remember the uh, the McDuffie. Did get Clayton like or Duper too. in there? Yeah. No. Clayton and Duper. Oh, you went OJ on me over Clayton and Duper. 
Wow, no, I'm talking about we got you got uh, Duper and and Super Duper. Come on, man, you got to appreciate him back in the day with with uh, with Marino as well. But again, yeah, for the Dolphins, I mean, and again, they had guys like uh, you know Greasy and stuff back in the day too. And there's there's some other ones that go along with with him with Zonka. And then the Dolphins really had a few different generations of great players. And so it's it's a you tough know, one. You know who I really liked when he briefly played there because obviously he was drafted somewhere else, and then he like went to India and did this weird little. Mm-hmm. ganja trip if you will but i really <laughs> i really enjoyed ricky williams too ricky was a fun one he just never quite had the career that he was expected to have but uh my other team for the afc east is the only team from new york the buffalo bills number one we both agree on this it's bruce smith correct that man yep. was one of the bo- best defensive players in the history of the nfl i mean that dude was the number one pick and lived up to it you don't talk about a guy who you know ricky williams didn't live up to it maybe is it, even though he, ricky still had a solid career bruce smith was just spectacular for the entire time he played and number two for me is thurman thomas loved thurman absolutely enjoyed him he was my second favorite running back at the time behind barry just with the way that he played the game he was well also a good receiver out of the backfield which you didn't have as much of then number three jim kelly Jim Kelly was just the the gunslinger mentality of a quarterback that that could get the job done, even though he wasn't part of the greatest comeback in NFL history when he went out in the game against the Oilers, which made me sad because I was a bigger Oilers fan than a Bills fan at the time. Uh, but uh, number four is going to be Andre Reid. So pretty much if you just took all of the the middle um, the 90s. early 90s, yeah, the early 90s Bills and just put them all on the list for me, because uh, number five is Cornelius Bennett, who also played with those early 90s Bills teams. Uh, and then number six is a fraught one from who he's become after his playing career. But when he played, OJ Simpson was a spectacular player. And again, he's before our time in the sense of who we watched play the game. But what the man did as a running back was over the top. What he's done since then has been insane. So let's not let's not discount all of that. But when he played the game, the dude was great. I enjoy all of that six pack. But you broke my heart. You know, there's no way I'm not getting my boy Josh Allen in there. Of course. And again, Josh Allen, I didn't put on the list yet. You know what else is fun? You know, because I'd love my fullbacks and quotation marks because the lines were blurred at one point in time. But right. one of my favorite names of all time and one of my favorite highlights to watch just because I like fullback position. But Cookie Gilchrist. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was right there, too. That's a fun name. And, and you know, my Boston College appreciation. Mm-hmm. I believe I thought you would put Doug Flutie on there for sure. You know, Doug Flutie is one of those guys that I put in a weird category because uh, he played for different teams. He played in the CFL for so long. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Doug Flutie. Don't get me wrong. I guess I just didn't want to put him on there as an iconic player from one franchise. But he did. He but got again, done dirty. these are your favorites. Yeah, but he these got done favorites. dirty by the Bills, too. So, you know. At a point in time, Eric Moulds was on a pace to maybe make that list for me, right. but he wouldn't have. <laughs> he just didn't hang right. around long enough. Let's go to the West. I'm going to start with Vegas. Okay. Slash L.A., slash Oakland, <laughs> slash, yeah, it's Raider Nation, baby. Uh, yeah, number one, ahead. this is obvious for me, Charles Woodson. Go blue. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Easy pick. Number two for me is Tim Brown. Okay. You got to put, you got to put Timmy in there. Yep. Have to. He's, well, he's like, he's like Mr. Raider. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, number three, Mr. Stickham himself, Fred Blitnikoff. <laughs> yep. Love it. Uh, the guy's got an award four. named after him. Correct. Number four for me, mm-hmm. greatest center of all time, in my opinion. Oh, man. Ooh. I just had a flashback. Maybe for Pittsburgh, I forgot about Mike Webster. Yeah. He's up there as a great center, too. But Jim Otto, 
Sorry, I can't go back sure. to Pittsburgh. I'm on, I'm on the Raiders here. Jim Otto comes <laughs> in at four. We'll mm-hmm. stick with O-line and uh, go Gene Upshaw at five. Okay. And then six, I'm going to go with one of my favorite players I ever to play with on Techno Super Bowl as well. I got to go Bo Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Greatest athlete I've ever seen in yes. my entire life. We could have a whole episode just on marveling over what that guy was able to accomplish. Right. But uh, And then I guess if I stuck with my old Stop. honorable mention for a Michigan thing, I'll just say <laughs> Charles Woodson again because he was that good. <laughs> Yeah, Charles Woodson, you can't go wrong with him. And uh, I'm, I am glad that you managed to get Bo in there too, because Bo Jackson has had a short career, obviously, because of the injuries, but he would have been probably the, the number one rusher in the NFL if he would have liked, like, overall history wise, because of how much the dude could just move. Like, there's so many right. stories of people playing against Bo Jackson and him just leaving him in the dust. And it wasn't like Barry, where Barry danced around you. Bo ran you over and made it happen. No, no, it's great. <laughs> You know, I got to go on a little story here. It's been a long time, but I remember my freshman year in high school, Mm -hmm. I was reading the book, Bo Knows Bo. (laughs) So this has been a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But if I remember this correctly, I remember getting to a page and it allegedly said like, uh, it's either when he got to the college or when he got to the NFL combine, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And everybody, they were like, hey, how much do you anticipate to, how many times do you anticipate to bench the 225, you know, the bench press Mm -hmm. drill? And he's all like, I don't know. Like, well, what have you done? I've never, I've never tried it. You've, <laughs> you've never tried to bench press. And they're like looking at this guy and he looks like a comic book hero. And he's like, mm-hmm. nope, nope. Cause you know, he just tied tires to himself and ran up hills and did weird stuff like right. that. But he's like, no, I never did it. And I forget the number of what he did, but it was probably his Jersey number. It's probably like 34 times. I don't know. He <laughs> laid down there for the first time ever trying to bench. Just did some outlandish number, like mm-hmm. beat every other running back. And he's like, oh yeah, I guess I can do that. <laughs> so, like, so he's dude. the uh the opposite of Derek mcfadden right and then like they had another story in there where he jumped over like this thing that was that a guy's like yeah one time i saw so bo jackson i think i think it was in this book like i said it's mm-hmm. been a long time talks about right. he jumped over this little creek uh-huh. and the guy and this friend who was there is like no he stood in one spot and jumped over like an entire river this was not a creek <laughs> it was like hmm this, yeah, he's crazy. No, the, the both stories abound, and, and you can't argue with him. I mean, anybody who can play two sports at a high level that he did is is incredible. So it's a shame he got hurt the way he did. But the Kansas City Chiefs are the next team, and of course, the they were originally you know the Dallas Texans for a couple seasons before they moved along. But uh, number one for the the Chiefs, I think it you can agree with me on this one is Derek Thomas. Rest in peace, because Thomas was so Dude, good for one of my decade that he was there. Put it this way. If we did an all-time six-pack of favorite players, he might make my list. Right. And I like that guy man. that much. He was so good, and he had such a great character. I mean, he was one of those one of those tragic guys that had you know life cut short kind of a thing. Dude, I can't I can't get it out of my head watching. I was remember waiting for the Lions game to start or something, and mm-hmm. watching TV when I was a kid. And then they showed that clip of like the car accident, mm-hmm. and I can still like remember. I was sitting at my grandma's house to remember the couch I was on. Yeah. Yeah, and that was tragic was because he was he was only in his early 30s. He could have kept playing for another five years if he wanted to. He was that yeah, good I, of a player. It was like just a couple games into the season. I think mm-hmm. like game one of that season, he had like seven sacks in one game. Yeah, it might not have been that year. And then was, like there was one year where he definitely did that. I think it was. We might have fact checked that someday. But anyways, next to me is a guy who is known as you know a chief for even though he played for a little while in other places. Mm-hmm. Tony Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Gotta go with him on there because he was the first of the new new version of tight ends that uh, really was the guy who caught the ball almost more than he blocked in there. But Tony could still block too. Let's not, let's not forget about the fact that, that man could, could get himself in position and, and make plays. 
I got to go a little old school for uh, the next couple of guys, though. And uh, I'm going to go first with I don't know, you got your arms up. Are you ready or are you just stretching? I thought you were ready for one of my guys. That was a go. stretch. That was a really good stretch. Emmett Thomas next, who was a guy in the 60s and 70s. Oh. One of the, the best cornerbacks to ever Love play it. the game across the board. And so huge fan of him. Uh, a big fan as well of Willie Lanier when he played. Back in the in the sixties and seventies as well. Ooh, Again, not got, that I was alive. Yeah, my guy. Game. Yeah, did I get your guy this time? I was totally prepared to like go off if you didn't get my boy Willie in there. <laughs> you know, Willie in here was was incredible, and so big fan of him as well. And then uh, and then Buck Buchanan was another guy from the seventies that I appreciated. Not sure if you remember remember stories about him, but that oh, yeah. dude that dude ran you know a four nine forty and a ten second hundred yard dash. And by the way, he was a defensive lineman, so. <laughs> Yeah. My only issue there is just there's a, one of my guys who played pretty much the same position. I might have given Bobby Bell the nod. Maybe he's oh, coming up on your list. Yeah, Bobby Bell was next, actually. So, yeah. So, Dang. Still yeah. in the thunder. No, we're good because it means we actually agree on a team for a change. And and I'll be honest with you, Patrick Mahomes could make this list if he continues to play the way he does. I'm just trying not to, to you know, edge too close to the younger guys that have only played a few seasons. But Mahomes very well could be on this list because of the way he plays. I mean, that shot of him from uh, the Super Bowl that they lost when they played uh, uh, Tampa Bay, and he was basically horizontal about a foot Tommy. off the ground. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you got to appreciate what he's accomplished so far. So he might be on the list later on, but that's uh, that's Kansas City for me. No, I had two names to jump out off the top of my head that I was sad, and I don't know if they would have made the list or not because that was a really good list, but uh, Will Shields. Yep. Will was and great. Tony Gonzalez, or not? You did Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, well, I mean, get, and yeah, yeah, and I guess Kelsey, Zeus. Kelsey should probably be on there too. So we we can make that argument. All right, last two teams. All right, Denver. Uh, this was the last team I did. It was by far the hardest. We all know that uh, Denver's. I mean, I took Denver, but because <laughs> I didn't want to get stuck with the Ronald McDonalds. Now right. I'm kind of sad I didn't do that because that list has far better names for me. Aha. This is a rough list. Okay. So I'm just going to lead with this. Everybody sit down. <laughs> I'm not, I am not an Elway fan. He's not on my list. I don't want to hear it. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Don't like him. Uh, number one. I counted him. You, Yeah. I think he still counts as, as a Bronco. He has to be a Bronco, but some people might make a case that he was a Redskin. Whoops. Shouldn't even say that on the air. Whoops. It's all right. That's what he was when Man. he was there. Washington. That's what he was. But Champ Bailey, number yep. one on the list. Uh, very close to being number one on the list. Number two, I've got Steve Atwater. Sure. Uh, number three on my list, current player, Von Miller. Okay. Granted, yeah. he's not there anymore. No, but, but when he was there, I mean, he's the reason why Peyton correct. has a Super Bowl for them. Uh, num- correct. <laughs> number, number four on my list, probably the reason that John Elway got any Super Bowls. Yeah. Whoops. No, I'm not sure. Well, TD. Uh, TD. Terrell Davis. Mm-hmm. You know, I still don't know. I feel like his entire career, even when you like hear people say it, mm-hmm. is it Terrell or Terrell? Same with like Terrell Owens. Yeah, a lot of people say Terrell or they say Terrell. But yeah, it's one of I the said other. Terrell Davis and Terrell Owens. Yeah. That's what I always say. Yeah, that's generally what I do too. Then again, we've also uh, talked about our issues with, with uh, you know, actually pronouncing guys' names correctly. So we could be off. Um, yeah, I'm terrible at Like I said, I listen to music during the games 99% of the time. <laughs> Number five on my list, one of my favorite guys who's apparently, you know, produced a little bit of talent mm-hmm. himself, uh, Ed McCaffrey. 
Oh, yeah. Talk about one of the weirdest injuries to watch ever when his <laughs> knee down just turned into absolute jello and like mm-hmm. nobody touched it. That oof, gives me the BGs just okay. thinking about it. I'll Speaking pass. of BGs, oh, no. I could have put Brian Greasy from Michigan right here at number six. <laughs> Whew. But I didn't. I went Gary Zimmerman. Okay. Yep. Gary Zimmerman was a great. Carl Mecklenburg was one that I would have put on the list. Oh, yeah. Loved him you back. Could have made in the, the list day. too. And yeah, the, and the Broncos have a long history too. They just don't have necessarily a history of guys who stood out and were a ton of fun all the time. And obviously, Rod Smith Elway, was close. Yes. Yeah. Rod Smith would be right in there too. And I was just going to make a point. Elway, great player, but I definitely ding somebody who pulls an Eli Manning or maybe Eli pulled a John Elway and whined about not go. wanting to play in uh, the team that drafted him. So he said, fine, I'm going somewhere else. And, you know, hey, it benefited the Broncos uh, for, for, you know, a couple titles at the back end of his career. The San Diego slash L.A. Chargers, I'm just calling them the Chargers for the most part because it's easier that way. Most of the players are obviously going to be from the San Diego days. But number one for me, and I think he's number one for you, Junior Seau. And rest yeah, in peace for that. No argument. So good for so long. And it's just absolutely a guy that had the character that everyone, everybody just wanted to be around him and follow him and play with him. Another guy that uh, I, from a little bit of a different personality standpoint, but Rodney Harrison, loved him as the second guy. He was very good for a long time, and again, just just irritating to watch on on the defense from a good from a good standpoint. Uh, I'm going to give some love to Kellen Winslow as my third favorite player because again, he was one of those tight ends that kind of redefined the position uh, a long time before that was a thing for them. Uh, number four is. Lance Allworth, Lance, and the uh, the way that he did things as a wide receiver, like we talked about, uh, he was right up there with uh, with Largent and uh, some of those guys. Is one of the best wide receivers in the era before wide receivers became what they are with Jerry Rice and all that. Uh, and then five and six are two guys from a more recent era, uh, and that's Antonio Gates, that tight end that again sort of redef- helped redefine the position along with Tony Gonzalez. And then I'm putting, he's not necessarily, you know, he probably could go higher on this list, actually, number six, but LT, Ladanian Tomlinson, with what he did uh, in the NFL for as long as he did. And the fact that he was basically a cheat code for your fantasy team for a few seasons in there. Gotta love me some LT, of course, going up from TCU back in the day. And there's other guys you could throw on here. Dan Faust is close to the list. I did appreciate him and his beard. Uh, Philip Rivers as well. But those are the guys that I like. I was worried for a second that you weren't going to get LT on this list. Sad times, man. But you <laughs> snuck him in. You I saved did. it. He probably could go higher, let's be honest. But Yeah. Okay. My list may have been in a different order, but it's probably the exact same guys. Sure. I mean, I don't know. You know, there's always a, a small chance that I might have uh, snuck in a Lorenzo Neal fullback pick right. in there, but I doubt <laughs> it. And if we're projecting a little bit, you know I love Derwin James. Yeah. Yeah. And Derwin James would probably be. We'll see if he rebounds from his injuries too. Exactly. If he can, if he can stay healthy, he's probably the next guy that's going to come up on that list. But that's kind of our take. Fred on Dean. The different... Fred Dean. <laughs> and that's the problem, man. Names just pop into my this. head. I can't. Yeah. I can't like not just shout them out and interrupt as they pop in. I have to. And who knows next show, we might be like, oh, dang, we forgot this guy. I forgot that guy. But next time we'll go through our NFC picks. But before we knock off today, JP, you've got some beer to talk about because it's your birthday week. I do. You know, and for this, this the beer that we're going to talk about, it's like a wish birthday wish six pack, right? Okay. So, so I don't so know what ones... to say other than these are just beers that I've looked up or heard about mm-hmm. that I just really want to try. So, yes, yeah, so you haven't had any of these yet. I have not had any of these, so I don't know that we can really speak to them other than just 
about how sad I am that I can't find him. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, this will get people around the country maybe helping us out to see if we can find a way to get him up here in Michigan. Go ahead. So in the one spot, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw something from Treehouse Brewing, which we've talked about, oh, who yeah. allegedly doesn't ship outside of the state of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. But they've got a stout that I've just read is like the best stout in the entire world. It's just <laughs> called Good Morning. Just a okay. Just an imperial double stouts, not all that high. It's just eight point four percent. Sad that I we say that's not all that high. Just because <laughs> well, here in Michigan we get them doubles. all the way up to like seventeens and stuff like that. Yeah, right. But number two, I'm gonna stick with the exact same brewery and insert a whole list of beers because they seem to have different <laughs> variations of it. But it's all these Julius beers that sometimes mm-hmm. have like four J's and a couple L's and three S's and mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's like King Julius, a Julius, a hazy right. Julius, a Julius in all caps <laughs> with exclamation points. I don't know. Mm. At two insert this Julius chain right. of beers. So yeah, I was shocked. I did two by the same brewery, but I just hear that that brewery just absolutely kills it. And right. If I'm wrong, I hope somebody let us know if they actually do ship outside that state or how wide do they ship? Like I need right. to drive to the closest spot to get something. Um, <laughs> And then this one is re- it's crazy. It's relatively new. So I wanted to make sure we mm-hmm. didn't sound silly on one of our previous episodes. Uh, go figure. We sounded silly. <laughs> I did more specifically. Mm-hmm. Remember how I was saying that Cigar City in Florida is like the only credible brewery in the state sure. of Florida? Because I had like 10 other ones and they were mm-hmm. all not good. Okay. There's a brewery that's called Toppling Goliath. That's okay. right there. I believe in Tampa. And go okay. figure. I'm a I'm a cheat for a hot second here, <laughs> but I'm just gonna say two for the three spot. But they had two of them that are both stouts. They had uh, one that's called the Kentucky Brunch Brand Stout. That's twelve percenter. Mm-hmm. Um, another Imperial Double Stout. Would love to have that. And then the other one was the Morning Delight uh, Stout. Another Imperial Double, twelve percent. But mm-hmm. I've heard they're just everything I've read. And I don't know. They should be on here, but they're apparently that brewery has much more than just those stouts. Mm-hmm. They're apparently they're just killing it. Like okay, they're one well, of the most popular, most awarded breweries there is, sure. I guess, as far let as me, beer uh, so. Let me help you with your location. I don't know if they have a place in Tampa that is why you noted them, but they are from Iowa. Oh, <laughs> I guess my notes are wrong. Yeah, because they're in the Decorah or something yep. like that, right? Decorah, yep. Iowa. Now, yep, now it rings a bell. So I just had them separate. So I messed up my notes here because now that I go the fourth spot on my list, it is Cigar City, which was oh. which is in okay. Florida. So I just I just mixed up my notes. There so now I get to sound silly with Florida twice in two episodes. <laughs> it's okay. It's my Good birthday work. week. Yep. I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> so what it is for Cigar City, the actual one from Florida, is the double barrel, and I don't know how to say this. It's the double barrel Hunapoos. Okay. That's what we'll call it. H U N A. H P U S. Yeah. Hunapus. That sounds good. Okay. Cool. It's another <laughs> stout. So stouts apparently seem to be the thing, which is weird because mm-hmm. on my birthday week being the middle of June, I do not want a stout. No. But but you want these way. beers to drink at some point. <laughs> yes, I want to try them. It's another Imperial double stout, eleven point five percent killer ratings on that one. So hmm. I don't know. That's weird. Every single one's been a stout so far. There you go then. That's sad. So another to go to the five-ish spot, and I may cheat and do two here. And I think this is where I actually messed up because we knew Cigar City was good, but where I flip-flopped my notes, the one, because I knew that I read and found another fantastic brewery from the state of Florida. Okay. It's Angry Chair. You want to fact check me on that one? (laughs) All right. Angry Chair. Angry Chair. 
Angry Chair Brewing, I believe, is indeed in Florida. I don't know where. That is, that I would is assume Tampa. Tampa. Yep. Okay. That's where I messed up my notes. Okay. So, and again, two more stouts. It's crazy, but they have one that the one I really wanted was the Barrel Age Adjunct Trail. Okay. So another Imperial Double Milk Stout. It's 11%. And then another stout that they had was the Barrel Aged Imperial German Chocolate Cupcake Stout, which doesn't sound like my <laughs> cup of tea because it sounds like there's a little too much going on there, but you know, reading reviews on it. It sounds like something that's just going to blow your mind. Mm -hmm. So I said a lot there. I gave definitely more than six (laughs) beers and I'm only down through five. So let's try to, I know, let's just try to wrap this up. We're going to. So here's one that's ironically in Michigan, right in Nova. I've never seen it in a store, but it got incredible reviews and the name just cracks me up. Peanut butter, gorilla juice. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's another stout. (laughs) <laughs> and it's 17.1%. There we go. Michigan wow. doing their thing. <laughs> so I had to get a Michigan beer in there. I had to stick with the theme. You know, at the end of every single one of my lists, I named a player from Michigan for all these teams. So on the bottom <laughs> of this list, I had to throw in a beer from Michigan that I've never had. There you I've go. never seen. So yeah, there you go. There's my six slash 12 pack, whatever it ended up being. And that's just kind of how we do things here. You know, we, we are extra all the way across the board. We can't stick to six. We, we were talking about trying to make this a 40 minute episode. We're pushing an hour. So that's just kind of how things go here with us. We try to have uh, a plan and it, we just have too much fun. Any other notes yeah. you have for your birthday weekend before we uh, crash off into the, into the sunset for a few days here? No, sir. I'm ready to start this weekend. All right. Well, you get it cranked up and then uh, we will come back together with you probably towards the end of next week, potentially, if we can get uh, JP off the river and onto the microphone. But you guys have a good weekend. Find some of those beers for JP so he can have himself a happy birthday and we'll come back to it maybe even on your birthday. We'll see what happens next Friday.